Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to When Hannah Cries, a message from Pastor Vinny Azzalini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. First Samuel chapter 1, we're going to read verses 8, 10, and 11. How many of you are enjoying your daily Bible reading program? Praise God. If you were not here on Wednesday night, uh, Greater Faith started a daily Bible reading program together. Uh, it's part of an initiative called A New Narrative of Faith, and it's right here. We can get you a copy. It's the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, and it started on Thursday, and it goes to the end of November. It gives you 30 mess-up days. That was pretty generous, right? Amen. Amen. All right. If you have it, say amen. amen. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, Why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Most of us have heard of Hannah before. She's a very famous name and story in the Bible. And this was her husband talking to her, and he's asking her this question because Hannah was barren. She was without child and was not able to have children up to this point. Let's move down to verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, this was her prayer, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Hallelujah. I want you to see there in verse 10 that she wept sore. And I want to preach to you on this thought today, when Hannah cries, when Hannah cries. Can we pray together again before we're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be in your house with this body of believers. Thankful for the word that has already been released into our hearts today. God, I pray that you would add to it right now and that you would pour out your spirit in this place. Encourage every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We live in a time where sin is perverting and making a mockery of God's creative plan and promise. God's creative natural law and order is being challenged every day by a fallen and perverse generation. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Just going to go ahead and let that sit on you for a minute. Because you don't need to be afraid of what this book says. Mm. This book is true. 
It's always been true. It will always be true. And no narrative of the world will ever make it untrue. Amen. You ready for the oxygen to leave the room? Men cannot have babies. There are only two genders. A birthing person is called a woman. And believing that does not make me a transphobe, a homophobe, or any other phobe. It makes me a person standing on the truth of God's word. And you ought to be able to get behind that on Mother's Day. Because today we are celebrating God's creative work and order in the earth. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you stop speaking the truth, you make room for an unsound mind to take up residence in your life. I'm not afraid of sin. I'm against it. I love the sinner, but I hate the sin. I hate the lie that causes the sinner to believe that their sin is their identity. That has been a lie that has enslaved and entrapped people in society for too long. Your sin does not define who you are. Praise God, praise God. If I do not challenge the lies, I will succumb to them. Referring to Adam and Eve in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, God said this. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. From the dawn of creation, God's plan and purpose for you and I has always been fruitfulness and multiplication. We were created to bear fruit. And we were created to multiply. Y'all feel what I feel? Man, I just... Mm. In the early 2000s, you guys all ready? Here goes the oxygen again. In the early 2000s, a religious heretic by the name of Rick Warren, made himself rich selling books called The Purpose Driven Life, The Purpose Driven Church. One of the most self-serving lies ever propagated and promoted in popular Christianity is that you and I have to find our purpose. Mm. I'm in the thick of it now. 
To say I need to find my purpose is an insult to God. Because God did not create you without purpose. He gave you purpose in Genesis chapter 1. He said your purpose is to be fruitful and multiply. Luke 19 and 10 expounds upon the heart of God and the purpose of the church when it says in red ink, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Friend of mine, that is your purpose. That is my purpose. That is the purpose of Greater Faith Apostolic Church. It's not purpose to get a title or a position or anything else in the kingdom, but whatever God allows me to do, my purpose remains the same. It is to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are not exempt, and I am not exempt. Whether you work for the church, serve the church, volunteer in the church, or just a guest in the church, it's your purpose and it's my purpose to reach our city for Jesus. Our purpose, Sister Azzalini, is to feed the broken with the fruit of the Spirit, with love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and long-suffering. Friend, that's fruitfulness. Ah. That's part of your purpose. Let me ask you something. When somebody irritates you, when a situation aggravates you, when things aren't coming together the way you thought they should or the way you thought they would, uh, let me ask you, what comes to the surface? Is it anger? Is it irritability? Is it impatience? Uh, because if it is, uh, you're falling a little short of your purpose uh, because things don't always go the way we want them to go uh, and things don't always come together the way we hope that they would. Uh, but no matter what happens, Every person around me at any time of the day ought to be able to approach me and encounter the love of Jesus Christ. Whether I'm hungry, whether I'm tired, whether I'm broke, whether I'm rich, it does not matter. It should be Jesus in me for all to see. That is fruitfulness, my friend. We must be fruitful, and we must multiply. What's that mean? That means it's your purpose to reach somebody. Oh, well, it's not my personality. And? It's not my culture. And? The way I read that book tells me that I'm a new creature in Christ. So if it's his personality, it's my personality. If it's his purpose, then it's my purpose. There are no exemptions from reaching the people around us. 
Man, we all want revival, don't we? Until we find out it's our responsibility. Ah. Be fruitful and multiply. Ah. Mm. I'm not going to say where we were yesterday, but we were in an establishment and we were getting a little attitude from some of the employees there. Mm. And I had to make a decision on what I was going to serve up. Is it going to be fruit or is it going to be the works of the flesh? Let me tell you something. There is no experience in your life that is worth ruining your witness. Because when you took on the name and you were purchased in the blood, you no longer represent yourself, but you represent a name that is higher than any other name. Hallelujah. Hannah was weeping. The Bible says that her heart was grieved. Anybody ever experienced grief before? Mm. There is a young couple in a church where I've ministered in the past who up to this point have not been able to conceive a child. I've watched this mom come to the altar time and time again and weep. I've seen the pain in her expression as she pleads with God for a miracle. Her barren womb eats at her from the inside out. She watches as others around her, her peers, are having children, having baby showers, decorating nurseries, making plans, and talking about the future. She has to listen to them, be happy, and celebrate with them, all the while with a smile on her face, but on the inside, she's broken by her barrenness. Why? Because the purpose that God put in her DNA at creation is not being fulfilled. So let me answer the question that Elkanah asked Hannah. Am I not better to you than ten sons? No, Elkanah. I'm sorry you're not. Because you can't be. Because no amount of money, no amount of success, no grandiose American dream, no career, no power, position, promotion, privilege, or prestige, Sister Jen, could ever substitute for Hannah's purpose. She was created to multiply. And there can be no happiness in the midst of barrenness. Hannah understood her purpose. She knew that she could have no peace, no contentment, no joy without children. So every year, in the midst of her pain, she came to the house of the Lord. And the Bible says she brought her worthy portion to the Lord. 
You know what that means? That means she worshipped while she was still bearing. She worshipped before God answered her cries. She worshipped, but she did not forsake her weeping. She worshipped, and then she wept. Why did she cry? She was weeping for her unborn sons. She was weeping for the children she did not have yet. She petitioned God for the fulfillment of her purpose year after year after year. She would not allow her soul to be consoled. She wanted to feel the pain of her barrenness. She did not want her tears to dry up. She came and she worshipped and she always wept before she left. She cried for her miracle until she heard the words that she had yearned so desperately to hear. In verse 17 she finally got her miracle. Somebody's going to get their miracle here today. I'm telling you that right now in the Holy Ghost. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And verse 18 says, Her countenance was no more sad. We've got to stop allowing the things of this world to placate and console a place in our spirit that God designed to weep until the church begins to multiply. Hannah cried for multiplication until she got it. Then there was a purpose. And then there was a joy. Then there was a destiny for her to enjoy. Hey, friend of mine, I'm not going to be content until every person in this city has heard repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Friend, that's your purpose. That's my purpose. We've got to weep for our city. We've got to cry for the unborn in our streets. Mm. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Would you go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 4? And I'm going to read verses 26 and 27. Uh, but Jerusalem, Jerusalem here is a typology of the church. But Jerusalem, the church, which is above is free, which is the Mother of us all. 
Happy Mother's Day, Greater Faith. We are the mother. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. You know what the writer was saying here? It may look like there's a lot more of them than there is of us. But rejoice, O barren womb, and travail, thou that travailest not. Hannah set a precedent in 1 Samuel chapter 1. She showed us the recipe for revival. She said if multiplication is not happening, this is what you've got to do. You've got to worship and you've got to weep. You've got to worship and you've got to cry for your city. You've got to allow the purpose of God to come on you. Sometimes I think we come together and we worship and we praise until we feel good. Ah, well, I got my blessing. I'm going home. I'm feeling better. Hey, I'm happy for you. I want you to have that. I want you to be blessed. But don't you forget to weep after your worship. Don't you forget that there are 10,000 some odd souls in this city right now that need what you need. And the Lord is listening for a Hannah. Is there a Hannah crying? Is there a mother weeping? I want to send revival in your city. The church is the mother of us all. And she was created to multiply. Oh, hallelujah. I hear the agony of an empty womb this morning. The womb of his bride is sore vexed as she sees the world multiplying while the church is barely adding. The church for too long has tried to fill the void of barrenness with programs and processes and branding and event-driven ministry and every other man-made idea we could think of to produce the fulfillment of our purpose. But greater faith, I'm not looking for a crowd. I want to see people born into the kingdom of God. Ah, rejoice, thou parent that bearest not. Bring me your worthy portion, Hannah. Worship in the waiting. Worship in the waiting. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest. Hey, I shared with you just the other day as I was leaving town last Sunday and we drove up on that on-ramp to get on the highway home. I felt the weight. I felt the burden of the city of Ironton come upon my heart. And I don't think there's been one day that's passed.
where tears have not come to my eyes as I have thought about this city. And it is my prayer today that thou travail and weep for the lost in your city, that you catch a burden for Ironton today. Anna worshiped and she wept. She worshiped for what God was going to do, but she never stopped crying for the unborn. We've got to cry for the lost in our city. We've got to weep for barrenness in our city. Uh, we must worship, but we must weep also. Oh, and when we do, when we do, when our barrenness provokes us to prayer again when our barrenness causes us to fast again when our worship demands fruitfulness again God himself will say greater faith the God of Israel grant thee thy petition I see fruitfulness I see worship I see weeping I'm going to release an increase in your city hey let's get ready crater faith let's pray for the lost in our city let's worship for the revival that is coming let's invite people to the house of the Lord and let them know in this place you can be healed in this place you can find hope in this place you can be delivered in this place you can be set free in this place God can turn it around God will move on your behalf in this place ah you are the structure. You are the mother to this city. Would you lift your hands all over this house right now? And would you just begin to lift your voice right now and begin to magnify and worship the Lord. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are great. Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, we worship you for what you're doing. Lord, we worship you for what you're about to do. God, we worship you for what you've already done. And God, today, let something be stirred in our heart. Lord, let something provoke our soul Lord to weep for our city is there a Hannah is there a Hannah that will cry out for the lost is there a Hannah that will weep for revival today Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. 
greater faith. Everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. Thank you.